Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am on today by Zoom with Dr. Millicent Ravello, who is in Beverly Hills. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? Not too shabby. You know, enjoying the uh, weekend weather uh, here in Southern California, but I was unable to make it into the office. So we're, we're going to have to Zoom this one if that's cool with you. We're Zooming this one. It is a nice day. It's the day after Halloween, and we're having kind of a nice, crispy, slightly warm afternoon. It's nice. I'll take it every day. So today we want to talk about fat grafting of the breast. And, yes. you know, this is a big topic because uh, it, it's not, it, it wasn't something that I was trained really to do out of the gates. I think your whole training involved fat grafting of the breast. But when I was coming up through the uh, ranks, uh, the plastic surgery community was against fat grafting of the breast because they thought it would confuse the mammographers in terms of being able to spot cancer and things like that. But of course, turns out that that isn't true. Right. That was a very legitimate concern because initially fat grafting to the breast was done in breast cancer patients. And so there was concern that putting fat, which has stem cells and sort of um, regenerative properties, could potentially grow cancer cells as well that might still be latent in the breast. But over the course of years, we've done multiple studies that have shown that's just not true. And I think we've shown beyond a doubt that fat grafting to the breast is quite safe when it comes to cancer. In fact, it's part of the standard treatment that we do for breast cancer reconstruction. And the issue of radiology and mammography being able to discern new cancers or distinguish between fat grafting and native breast tissue is also not an issue because any radiographer that reads mammograms on a regular basis can very easily distinguish all of that. Yeah, I mean, it turns out that uh, cancer is cancer and has a very specific look on all of the imaging studies. So yeah. anything else, if you've done fat grafting, is probably scar tissue or fat necrosis or things we're going to talk about. Right. So in your practice, Dr. Ravello, obviously fat grafting in the breast is helpful for breast reconstruction. Why so? In breast reconstruction, I use it for two reasons. So the, one of the main reasons is to hide contour deformities or irregularities in an implant reconstruction. So this is a patient that's had a mastectomy, has gone on to have implant reconstruction, and due to the nature of mastectomies, which tend to take a lot of tissue and fat, you can have these divots or contour deformities around the implant where there's just very skin, very thin skin or tissue layers. And you can sort of see the implant underneath or there's some visible rippling of the implant. And so fat is really good in those small areas to provide contour and camouflage. I also will use fat grafting in patients that have had radiation to the breast and have also gone on to have an implant reconstruction because in those patients, the fat actually brings in healthy, viable stem cells that provide this regenerative capacity to the breast. And we can see it. We can see it under the microscope. A breast that's been radiated, and then nine weeks or three months later, we look at it after fat has been added to it, and you can actually see ingrowth of new blood vessels. And with those new blood vessels, you're bringing in healthy blood healthy tissue to sort of transform that radiated tissue. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very effective. Uh, you know, the uh, original work on the fat in the stem cells was done by uh, a couple of buddies of mine, uh, Adam Katz and Ramon Yui at the University of Pittsburgh. They actually got, uh, I was in the lab working on bone while they were working on fat. And the fat got, uh, got a large amount of attention, that's for sure, because everybody yeah. was up to donate their fat if you could get stem cells. So this has been, this is a great trade-off. Everybody's into it. Yeah. Um, Especially for the breast though, because I mean, think about what is the breast, you know, in terms of the, there's the breast tissue, the skin and the the ducts, but a lot of the breast is fat, especially as we get older. Yeah. So, I mean, fat grafting has transformed breast reconstruction in terms of what we can do, um, in terms of the aesthetics that we can create with an implant reconstruction. And it's really, it's a game changer in radiated tissue. It really is. And we're not necessarily using it to bring in volume per se, which we can definitely talk about when we get to cosmetic fat grafting to the breast. But in a reconstructed patient, it's not bringing in volume to recreate the breast. It's bringing in a camouflage and uh, healing properties to the breast. Yeah, and I find a lot of patients who've had uh, breast reconstruction are, you know, they're, they're <laughs> you know, the, the skin flaps after the mastectomy can really be thin. And, and sometimes be quite thin. <laughs> they can be scary thin. And it looks like you're, you know, stretching, you know, saran wrap over the implant, but it's actually the remaining skin after the mastectomy. And so getting some fat in there is really key. And, uh, and it's not, it's not easy to do that by the way, because, you know, you have a lot of scar tissue and typically when we do these breast uh, reconstructions, we're using, you know, alloderm or, or some type of, uh, acellular dermal matrix. And then, uh, you know, if we can go sub, uh, pectoral and put the, the implant under the muscle, that's always beneficial, but sometimes you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And the thing with fat grafting, I usually do it sort of at the tail end of the reconstruction process, sort of the la- one of the last steps of things we do. Um, and I always tell patients, you know, you may need more than one round of fat grafting. So any fat that I put in has to, what we call take, which means it has to survive. So the surrounding native breast tissue and blood supply grows into that grafted fat and supplies it with the blood supply that it needs to survive. So if you put in a whole lot all at once, there's not enough blood supply that can get to all of that grafted fat and part of it's going to die, which you don't want. So you can only put in a limited amount that the breast can take and actually allow to live. But even then you're still going to lose, I say about 30 to 35, 40% of the fat you put in will just get reabsorbed and go away. So it's not uncommon to do a couple of rounds of fat grafting spaced three to six months apart to get the full effect that you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, typically the fat does take, um, but it's, it's variable how much. So I just yeah. tell people that, you know, it might, what takes today for the first two years or three years even, you know, won't necessarily be there at the end of that time period. And, and it, you have to see it almost like fillers where, or, or coffee at the diner where you have to come by and top it off a little bit just to yeah. keep, it, keep it nice and uh, full. So that's, that's really the, the secret is to not see it as like a permanent uh, solution because all things in life are not permanent. Not permanent. You, you know, you're going to age, you're going to change weights, you're going to have changes in hormonal composition and all of that affects the ability of fat to take. So you can't sit there and say, Oh, we're going to put this in. It's going to just, you know, be like, you know, a, uh, you know, like, putting 
caulking in your bathroom. It doesn't work that way. It know? doesn't work that way. And it's, it is your own fat. So it's going to behave like fat anywhere in your body. So if you gain weight, you'll gain it. If you lose weight, you'll lose it. I've had a couple of patients that we put a lot of fat in them. They looked great for the first year. And then they went on to lose 20 pounds and guess what came out of the breast. Gone. Yeah. That's right. So it, it is your fat and it will, will behave like fat. But it, that's the good news is it is your fat. And so you can, you know, be uh, comforted in that it's not, you know, some medic, you know, some device that you have to inject or, or yeah. some sort of, uh, you know, something foreign body ish. It's your own tissue, which is the best. Right. And so the technique for it is pretty simple. When you think about all the great things you can do with it, you do some liposuction typically in an area that what we call stubborn fat. So fat that no matter how much weight you lose, that part of your body doesn't go away. So, you know, that's the abdomen, it's the love handles, it's the saddlebags, it's wherever you accumulate fat. Because the idea is that if that's stubborn fat that doesn't go away, even when you lose weight, then it's going to behave the same way anywhere you graft it. So you take that fat, you liposuction it, you wash it, and then you literally inject it right back into the breast. Um, So it's great. It's a really great procedure. It's fairly small if that's all you're doing. And and typically people are not upset to give up stubborn fat. They're really not. Uh, (laughs) I think probably the, I think the most generous people will offer to donate it. Whenever I'm in the OR, if I'm struggling to get fat, I mean, everybody's up to donate. Doctor, do you need more fat? I can donate for you. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great if we could have like a fat donor line? Like everybody would be super skinny donating all their fat. Happy to donate. Absolutely. I'm going to go with some more burgers and I'll be back tomorrow. And the poor blood donor people are like, hey, can you get some blood over here? It's true. Yeah, I think uh, the, the part that people do need to understand is why we have to use your own fat is because you, can't, you really can't tra- – it's a transplant. It's a transplant can't transplant tissue from one person to no, another. Your body will reject it and it'll blow up and it'll die. And it's, no, it's, it's a transplant was what it would be. Yeah. So doing fat transplants, not available yet. Um, uh, although uh, I think that if people work on it, I'm sure we'll, we'll have we'll lots and lots way. of donors. Uh, so in terms of the cosmetic aspects that uh, we can do fat grafting to the breast, one of the things that I do very frequently is when I'm trying to camouflage rippling in my very thin patients who have, you know, implants that you can see the, the device, the, the breast implant kind of rippling under the skin. Yeah. The problem there is that those patients typically don't have a lot of fat. <laughs> no, they, that need, thin. they need to, they need to hit, hit the, uh, <laughs> the milkshakes and the burgers for a bit. But the, uh, if you, if they do have fat, that is a great way to treat rippling. And it really, it reduces, it doesn't get rid of it. You know, you can't sit there and say, oh, you know, this is going to solve your problem because it really isn't. The way to solve the problem is for the patient usually to gain 20 pounds. And then all of a sudden, you don't need the fat grafting. (laughs) So it's like there's a there is a trade off. It's like I want these big implants, but I have nothing to cover them with. And and that's just reality. I mean, even when you use the gummy bears, I've seen plenty of rippling with the gummy bear implants. Yeah. Even the high filled, highly cohesive ones they are designed to have less rippling and they do but it's not going to make it go away completely. No, I've had, I've had problems and you know, the, the, the companies really push those highly cohesive gels as like, Oh, this is going to solve your rippling problem, but, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do think that fat grafting is a great way to treat that. Um, but like all things, you're putting fat into an area that's already thin and it, and it 
It just, you, you need a, a few rounds of it. And that's, that's just reality. Yeah. But fat grafting with implants in cosmetic patients is a good combination. Aside from rippling, um, I think it's a great way to add a little bit of natural volume to the breast, assuming they have enough fat to give you. But implants plus fat grafting is, I think, a great technique for a breast augmentation. Yeah. If you go with a smaller implant and use lots of fat, that, that's a home run. Um, it's a little more expensive. Oh, that is great. You get a little, yeah. Oh yeah. But you get, you get, if you're really going that route and you're actually using the fat for a little bit of volume, then typically you get an extra liposuction out of it because <laughs> you, you, you need that. But this stuff does cost more money. I mean, that's, uh, if you're does. having a, a breast augmentation that say is, you know, $14,000 or $15,000, uh, and then you're going to have Beverly Hills prices, by the way. Um, and then you're going to add liposuction onto it and, and time. Well, you know, then you, you're it's getting almost into- two procedures. It's not an, Oh, Hey, by the way, Oh, Hey doc, while you're there, that's right. it's two procedures. Yeah. And that, and that costs a lot more money, but it does make a very different result. And so for the, for the patient that really wants that natural quote unquote look, as opposed to what I say is the naturally augmented look, mm-hmm. um, then, then fat is really great for that. Fat is good. So what is your opinion on cosmetic fat grafting as a standalone surgery to the breast? Um, well, <laughs> I think that for the right patient, it's the right move. Uh, there aren't many patients that are the right patient for that. No. And that's the biggest problem. <laughs> you know, it's like you're, the people that want fat grafting, let's say that they're, they're sort of an A cup or A plus or B, and they want to get to a C, well, and, and then they're thin on top of it. It's like, well, where are we going to get this fat from? You know, because you need to get a cup size in that situation, you need 250 cc's or more of fat at least. Right. Which is a lot. That's it's a, a lot. sizable chunk. That's a that, good size love handle, saddlebag, tummy, something. Right. But it also means that you've got a liposuction. If you're going to need two rounds of 300, let's say 300 cc's per breast, you know, you got a liposuction, a thousand cc's of fat, you know, to get it down to usable fat, that's what it takes. And so if you have somebody who's thin and, you know, sort of with uh, smaller breasts and they're saying, I want to do this all with fat, it's it's not happening. The other downside to it, and I'll be pretty clear about this, is that the the breasts that you make with fat alone do not look like breasts that you make with breast implants. No, not at all. (laughs) It's really different. It's really, it's going to give you a larger breast, but it's going to be a natural breast and a natural breast is kind of saggy. I mean, it kind of is. Or kind of amorphous or kind of whatever you have just bigger. Just bigger. And the fat grafting can, I definitely combine it a lot with mastopexies or with breast lifts. Yeah. Um, Because the thing with fat, if you're going to use fat for volume, is you have to have a nice, tight skin envelope that you can actually see the fat through. If you have loose skin, if you have droopy breasts, even if you put a ton of fat in there, it's not going to look full because it's just hidden under all these baggy clothes, if you will, baggy skin. So typically I do have to do a breast lift to remove extra skin, lift the nipple up, and then you can see the benefits of the fat grafting because it's nice and tight and you can actually see it. Yeah, I mean, that's where it is. It's all about... um 
you know, it, it's, it's all about the aesthetics of the situation and it's variable from patient to patient. So I, I find that the uh, using fat alone is for a very rare patient. Now we have a lot of patients that, you know, who are doing all these uh, explants to get rid of their implants. They're totally fine with getting fat as a replacement yeah. because they, they're not going to have implants no matter what. Right. So they'll take whatever they can get in terms of volume. And I think that that's fair. Um, but it's not, if you're coming in for a primary, should I get breast implants or get fat? You have to really be clear about what the aesthetics are that are possible. And, and everybody's different there. Don't get me wrong. There are some patients who have these, you know, you know, beautiful breasts to begin with and just want some volume added. Well, they're going to have beautiful breasts with some volume right. added afterwards. That that's fine. But if you come with breasts that you're not so happy with and you want them to be beautiful, they're going to be bigger breasts that you're not so happy with if you just do fat. And that, that's okay. It's not, a, it's not a problem. It just has to, you have to be clear on what the aesthetic goals are. And if those are the goals, then that's fine. It's not, uh, you know, our job is to serve our patients and do the best we can for them with what their goals are and just providing the information of where you can get to with each of these techniques is really key. Right. And I, you said it very well. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You just have to be very clear and understand what you're going to get with the limitations that fat grafting provides. But it's, it's, it's really a good thing to do in terms of, uh, you know, especially if you have, if you have implant issues, then I, I love the fat grafting for like balancing size. If you, you know, some implant discrepancies or things like that, then fat can really solve those problems. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So in terms of, you know, the fat grafting complications, I would say probably the, Thankfully, I would say it's the most common, but even that is not that common would be fat necrosis. That's little parts of the fat that don't take. And so they're not alive and they form these sort of firm balls that you can feel sometimes see under the skin. Oh yeah. Um, Thankfully that happens pretty rarely. I don't see it that often. It it is rare, but when it happens, it's, it's bad. I mean, it hurts. That's the biggest thing I see. You know, patients really complain about pain. And uh, it's just because the fat's very, you know, it gets really hard and scarred in and, and your body's like working through inflammation to get rid of it. Right. And, and fortunately, if you really want it gone, you typically have to cut it out. Um, but if you can live with it, I mean, the, the pain usually is there initially and then goes away as the body sort of just leaves it alone. <laughs> but the yeah. initial, you know, couple months that you have it, it can be painful. Sometimes it gets a little red. And then after a few months, it, it, all that goes away. You're just left with this firm lump. Not great. Not great. <laughs> um, infections do happen. Uh, they are typically treatable with antibiotics as long as it doesn't get to the implant. Um, if you're just doing fat grafting, you get a little bit of a cellulitis or infection in the fat. They need a longer course of antibiotics because the, the fat doesn't have amazing blood supply. So typically, I treat them for 10 days with antibiotics if there is a problem with infection. Um, contour irregularities can be an issue if some of the fat takes and some of it doesn't. And that, that can be dependent on the uh, tissue bed that you're putting it into. Right. And I have seen, you will notice sometimes with the fat grafting in immediate redness, you know, that same day or the next day that lasts for a couple of days and nurses freak out and oh my gosh, there's an infection and they start drawing lines around it. It's not, it's just your body's sort of immediate reaction to having this fat put into the skin or into the tissue. Um, so don't get alarmed if on day one or two, you notice this bright redness. That's not an infection. That's just a reaction and it goes away. Yeah, no, I've seen that for sure. Yeah. 
and then in terms of uh, when is it totally healed? What do you tell your patients about that? When is it like, okay, this is what you got? I say three months. <clears throat> three months, most of what you have is going to be there. You may lose a little bit more after three months. But typically, you know, the first couple of weeks, patients are super happy because they're swollen and things are really big and they're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, it looks so good, but don't get too happy. I'm going to stay that way. You're going to lose some of that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then they do. Uh, most of it's gone. Most of the swelling is gone by six weeks. Um, but whatever fat you have that you're going to lose is usually gone by three months. And if I'm doing repeated rounds of fat grafting, I usually wait six months to do a repeat. Yeah, that, I, I do the same. I think at three months, you have a good idea. By six months, you, if you want to re-inject uh, some more fat, you can do that. Things are soft enough. The inflammation's gone. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a process like, uh, like all things in, in uh, plastic surgery where you're, where you're watching how they do. These complex reconstructions are, you know, they're, they, they require some care and they require follow-up. You got to come back to the doctor. You got to report problems. Those things are all really important. I agree. Cool. Well, Dr. Ravello, I think we've kind of covered it on the fat grafting of the breast. Uh, this was a topic that was suggested to us, and I couldn't believe we hadn't done it, yeah. uh, but uh, through our Instagram. So I appreciate our uh, Instagram followers sending us uh, topics. And uh, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Roxbaugh Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, RoxbaughNewportBeach.com or RoxbaughBeverlyHills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800. And that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. 
We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.